Welcome to the Fierce Mothers podcast, where we provide inspiration and tips for mothers so they can experience more joy, fulfillment, and excitement in their lives without burnout or guilt. We are so excited to have you on the show. I am your host, Ugochi Onyewu. I just finished a powerful and super enjoyable chat with Mildred Talabi. Let me tell you a little bit about Mildred. Mildred has spent the last decade mastering the art of personal branding in both career and business. She trained as a journalist and worked in the media before transitioning into public relations and then communications. Along the way, she started several businesses, authored four books, and had the privilege of speaking to and training many audiences across different countries. Today, she specializes in working with female leaders and women in business to build powerful and authentic personal brands through being visible on LinkedIn. Mildred has grown her LinkedIn audience to over 50,000 followers and is recognized as a LinkedIn top voice, which is a LinkedIn influencer. She also founded Visible Women Tribe, which is a global membership community for women in business and leadership. We talk about helping women overcome imposter syndrome or self-doubt. We talked about LinkedIn as an evolving platform, and Mildred even included some powerful stats that should encourage everyone to get out there and leverage the platform. She even gives powerful tips for women out there that have a full-time job, but are thinking about LinkedIn as they're also building their side business. I have to listen to this episode again and again. There are so many powerful tips. Enjoy. Hey, Mildred, it's so nice to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I was going to say I'm hot, but <laughs> I am, <laughs> which is a rare English heat we're having here in the UK, but I'm not complaining because I love it. <laughs> yeah, I heard. I heard all about it. Yeah, well, that's great. Enjoy it while it lasts because it won't last long, I'm sure. <laughs> so maybe you can kick it off by telling us a little bit about yourself, you know, just to tell the audience a little bit more about Mildred. What was life like growing up? A little bit about your story. We'd love to hear that. Oh, wow. Life growing up. Gosh, how long have you got? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> you know? So uh, where do I start with about me? It's always like that job interview questions. Like, where do you start? Okay, so about me, I'm a, I am a wife, uh, a happily married wife, mom of two girls, and I run a business um, as a LinkedIn visibility coach where I help women build powerful personal brands on LinkedIn and beyond. So, but prior to that kind of my background origin, I'm Nigerian. Um, I was born in Nigeria and then I grew up here in the UK. Um, unfortunately, I have not been back since. <laughs> I know, I know. So it's been on my forever list to return to. So I I still consider it home, even though it's not, but it is <laughs> in that sense. So I grew up in a, a big family, the one of five children. I'm number four or five. So and I'm kind of like a middle, middle child. So I have all the classic middle child 
independent stuff that happened and kind of paved my own way in life (laughs) to kind of arrive to where I am today. So that's like a two second summary of a a long life. (laughs) No, I I know. And I'm sure snippets of that will come out as we go through, you know, you talked about being a LinkedIn expert, which we'd love to dive into. But, you know, I wanted to kick it off a little bit about your personal journey because you have a really inspirational story. I know that in 2019, you survived a brain tumor, um, which influenced your career path and your work today, which is helping women on LinkedIn. I'd love for you to share that story with us. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, as we're recording this, this is the four four year anniversary of me um, surviving a brain tumor, awesome. and um, it, it's even even still just saying it's kind of like it's not something that you hear commonly. So. It's not something that you ever expect to happen to you. So at the time when it happened, it was like, wow, this is out of nowhere, seemingly. But but just a little kind of backdrop as to how we, I actually got to the place where I ended up at this time, four years ago, I was in hospital mm-hmm. and I spent the entire month of September in hospital. So I woke up one day sometime in May at the time, and it was going about my day as usual. And during the day, I just felt like this pain come out of nowhere on my neck the back of my neck and the back of my head that whole area behind there Mm. I was like whoa what is this you know did I sleep funny did I bust up my neck while I'm sleeping but if that was the case then that would have happened straight away as I woke up but this was not this was like a few hours into the day so I I thought not much of it and I just like let me pop a few pills see if it'll go away it didn't go away Mm. you know it didn't go away that day it didn't go away the next day it didn't go away the day after that. It wow. just persisted again and again and again. And it was like sometime it got to it got to the point, it was almost like having a seizure. I would just stop. It would the pain would grip me and I would stop in the middle of nowhere and just be like, you just just shaking like until it passes. So I would have like sudden waves of pain and then just like a continuous numbing throughout the day. And this was how I lived day in and day out for months. Wow. And yeah, so at the time. I went to the doctors, I I called emergency services, I tried all the avenues I could try, they tested everything that they could test. And then it was like, maybe it's your eyes, maybe it's this, maybe I was like, don't give me maybes, give me something I can (laughs) work with, you know? And they had nothing I could work with except putting me on like, at one point they had prescribed about 15 pills a day I was supposed to be popping. And I don't love pills anyway, let alone that amount of quantity. I was like, Mm-mm, this is not happening. There has wow. to be a better way. Yeah. So I ended up going to an osteopath mm. and they kind of did all the cracking on the next stuff. And that was the only thing that provided some kind of temporary ease at the time. But it didn't last for long. So there's about a few months from the first time it started, I was driving into work because at the time I wasn't fully working for myself. I was driving into work and I was on the motorway. And as I'm going down the motorway, I go down these country roads, which lead to kind of my workplace. And all I could just see were cars passing me in a blur. It was like, like, what was that? I don't know how I managed. Only the grace of God managed to get me into the car park at work where I just collapsed and managed to call my workmate who called the ambulance. And then they found me like collapsed with vomit and all kinds of stuff, you know. And then I woke up in an ambulance 
And the the first hospital I woke up at, they were like, okay, we can see that there's something in your head, but we don't have the resources to kind of go into it um, properly. So we're going to send you to this other hospital, which was like some quite far away in in London. Mm. Um, And we're going to send you there so they can have a look and see what's happening. So they put me in another ambulance. By this time, my husband's arrived and stuff like that. And they took me to the hospital. And then when I got there, that's when they gave me the verdict. They said, Mildred, um, we found a tumour in your head. You have a brain tumour, you know? And I was like, oh, what? Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that was, that was, yeah, that was how the whole thing happened. And that became, began the journey of the surgery. And then after that, the recovery and putting my life back together. And here we are today. Oh, wow. What a story. What a story. Here we are today. Yeah, that's, that's the grace of God that you, t- you mentioned. What mm-hmm. a story. We could talk about this the whole time, right? But I guess my question for you was, did it sort of change your path? Did it make you reflect? Did it make you decide? Is that what sort of influenced your career path and your work today going full time? Talk to us about the aftermath. Obviously, you're still in the aftermath, but what impact did it, did that have on your day to day and your path? Yeah, no, good questions. And those are questions that I have, I have been asked. And, you know, but one, of, one of the things that I, I find it really important to kind of say about the whole tumor thing, even though it was it was an experience that I went through and it was traumatic in some senses and all of that, but it didn't define me, mm-hmm. you know, so that wasn't it. Did It wasn't the definition of, OK, now I'm going to kind of fix my life, um, mm-hmm. because prior to that, actually, my husband and I, we we were kind of like intentionally, we've been into personal development for quite a while. And we we're intentionally building a life around what we call semi-retirement. Mm-hmm. So where it's like and, and from the early on, I don't know where this came from to this day, but I've always had the sense of living out what I call my inner vocation, mm-hmm. like just living out the life that you truly want to live. Life is too short to be stuck in a job that you hate. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that day in and day out for 20, 30 years so that you can retire at 65 and, and have no time to do anything or oh, energy. You know, that's <laughs> that just never made sense to me right from a young age. So I've always been this person who just... I did the things that was in my heart. So which meant that I had a career and I had a business from very young, like, and also I I saddled both worlds. So when the brain tumor thing happened and there I was in hospital, it's really funny because my first reaction actually after finding out I had, they told me I had the brain tumor was relief, Mm. you know, because for months, as I said, I was living with this pain that I would not wish on anybody like literally it was awful and then so it was like okay at least now I have an answer now I know why because why matters you know sometimes you know it's like okay why but then I when I asked the why question I was like god but why with the brain tumor it's like why does it matter (laughs) in that situation (laughs) you know but what it really made me do at that time in hospital because it was a chance for me to just this might sound weird, but I am a believer um, in Jesus and I have like a, an active relationship with God. And this might sound weird, but one of the things that I was like, when I was like, okay, why, why? You know, I felt like God was saying, you just like take this as a resting period, mm. <laughs> you know, 
because prior to that, I'm a busy mom. I've got two kids, two young kids at the time. My oldest daughter was about to start primary school. You know, I had all these plans, do a hair, all the things I do. I'm organizing the household. I have a job. I have a business. I'm busy, you know. So for the first time in my life, for a long time, it was like, Mildred, you've got no one to take care of but yourself. Mm. So you better sit down and enjoy this experience mm. while you can. Because before I went in to actually have the surgery, there was about a couple, just under two weeks before that, where they were preparing me and getting ready and stuff like that, which meant I was floating around the hotel. I was on, on the drugs and stuff, but I'm around, see, I even called it hotel, right? I was floating around the hospital <laughs> like it was a hotel. The staff were amazing. I had a free mm. course meal morning yeah. <laughs> afternoon evening they would bring me food I put on a lot of weight in that time <laughs> you know but it was literally like being in a hotel except I was preparing for like something really major in my life and I was like and that all of that kind of reflection that was happening at the time was like when you come out of this, and, and I was journaling a lot, I was like, when you come out of this, what kind of life do you want to build? And one of the things that I realized is I wanted a life at a slower pace, mm. you know? And that's one of the things that came from there. I wanted to have life on slower pace. Yes, we were already on track of thinking about how can we live a life of semi-retirement, but I still had a really fast life. Mm. So one of the things that experience made me do was slow down, slow down. So it's fast forward to the point where I got to start in my business so the business that I do now the LinkedIn coaching I was doing a version of that I had a, a CV um, makeover resumes for you guys and um, where I was helping mid to senior level professionals change jobs and I write their LinkedIn profile so this was like a transition from that except I cut away like the CV side to focus primarily on LinkedIn and LinkedIn coaching and the way that I designed my business and that came out of this whole experience of brain tumor gradually over the years is to implement boundaries that allows me to take it easy so I have a rescue I have me days. <laughs> so I have I, I have boundaries around when I start work, when I finish work, all of that kind of thing. So it, it really helped me to kind of design a work life where I'm not going at 100 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. I can slow down and enjoy more of work and life and still get the financial rewards of building a thriving business, which I have now. So I would say that's one of the big things that came out of that process. Yeah, just awesome. And obviously, as you were talking, you know, which is always the case, more questions came up. So I'd love to put a pin in the, the building rest into your day. Because obviously, as you know, a lot of women work full time, may not have the semi-retired life. And I'd love to get your tips as we go through on how they can intentionally build rest into their lives. Because I know a lot of a lot of mothers are burned out. A lot of mothers just feel like, yes, like you said, being in a hospital sounds like a vacation. So I'd love to talk about that. But before we do. I know from personal experience that building a personal brand on LinkedIn can be daunting. And I know that you've built somewhat of an expertise. You are considered to be a top voice on LinkedIn. So what key steps should women take to start developing their own authentic personal brand on the LinkedIn platform? Because as we know, LinkedIn is a little bit different from Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or any of the other social media platforms. So we'd love your thoughts around being authentic, but building a brand on the platform. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, LinkedIn is different, as you said. I always say to people that LinkedIn is not actually a social media platform. Yeah. You know, so yeah. yeah, and if you if you put that in your mind as the starting point, then that kind of really changes the way you approach it. Mm-hmm. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I don't know, even Pinterest, whatever. There's so many of them. I keep up sometimes, you know. So those primary platforms were created with the purpose of social. So they're called social media. But LinkedIn was actually created as a professional platform. It was a place for professionals to connect. So initially, it was very much heavy on the career side and the job side, a place you can get headhunted and share your career experiences, et cetera. But over the last decade plus, it's been shifting away from that, especially with Microsoft buying LinkedIn um, you know, some years back. Mm-hmm. So it's been shifting away from being just a jobs platform to upload your CV or resume mm-hmm. to so much more than that. And it, it provides a powerful opportunity for you to build a personal personal brand mm-hmm. you know so if you're listening to this and you're thinking but how do I start building a personal brand you know you start with intention mm-hmm. that's where we start everything with so prior to kind of launching my relaunching my business as a LinkedIn um, visibility and personal branding coach I was using LinkedIn. I'd been on LinkedIn for about 12, 13 years before that, but I was kind of using it every now and again, posting when I'm ex- inspired. And you know, inspiration is unfaithful, right? It doesn't come that often. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, so, so that kind of thing. So that's what I was relying on. I didn't really have a strategy, but I did see that whenever I did post and I did put myself out there, things would happen from there. It would grow. I started to grow my audience, but all unintentionally. So, but when I realized that actually this platform, there's so much more to it than how I've been making use of, I can do so much more and so can other people. I got intentional about building my personal brand and that happened in January, 2020. So this was three months after um, the, the brain tumor and my recovery process. It was like, all right, I've got time. I'm around. Let me really focus on building this platform. Cause I feel led that this is the place to be. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I I signed up for like a 30 day challenge somebody was doing, which had you to post in every single day on LinkedIn for 30 days. Mm. So I went from kind of posting every now and again, when inspiration hit to posting every single day for 30 days in that month of January, 2020. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. Wow. <laughs> it was yeah. hard. But because I was intentional, because I committed, I stuck at it and I did not only the 30 days, but I continued. So now it's been coming up to four years in January. It'll be I posted every single weekday on LinkedIn without fail. Wow. So and it started with that small step of being intentional, committing and following through. (laughs) <laughs> so we need to talk. Yeah, because that's I think that's the key thing. You've mentioned two things, being intentional and following through, obviously consistency, right? Just mm-hmm. sticking at it because LinkedIn can be to your point, And I love how you called out that it's not a social media platform. So I think when you're not getting the same vibe, I guess, like you would on Instagram or Facebook, it's like, hmm, you know, maybe it's not working. <laughs> you kind of give up. <laughs> so I love that you called that out. You've grown your LinkedIn following to over 50,000 followers, which is a feat in of itself. And I know you've mentioned this already or you've started to, but I would love to delve in to a few of the strategies or tactics that have most attracted and engaged your audience. I know you talked about 
posting consistently, but what do you post? What is attracting your audience? What is keeping them engaged? We'd love to hear about that. Sure, absolutely. When when I started um, on that journey to consistent, being consistent on LinkedIn, I didn't, I didn't have a target of I want to build to 50,000 followers, et cetera, but that happened along the way. You know, now I'm intentional about the numbers because those numbers represent influence for me. It's not just a, a vanity metric. It's I'm, I'm all about influence impact as well as increase yes. in income. So the numbers rep- represent that for me. In terms of what has been working for me, I never paid for a LinkedIn advert or anything like that, right? This has all been organic. It has mm-hmm. absolutely been organic. And that's the first place to start that you can achieve this organically. So what's really working for me and what I teach my clients on how to do is, is content. Content is your key driver for visibility, You know, so without content, posting content, original content on LinkedIn, you are invisible. You cannot build a personal brand without personality. That's another element. People need to know who you are. And that's where the authentic piece that you talked about, Ugo, comes into it. You have to be authentic in terms of who am I? What is my brand? That's the starting place. You build your profile, your actual LinkedIn profile, that page that you get there. You sit down in front of your computer, whatever. Oh, you maybe think about it before you get to the typing phase, right? (laughs) And think like, who am I? What is my brand? How do I want to represent that on LinkedIn? Once you're clear about that, then that's what goes on your profile. And then once you have that on your profile, then when you start the activity of posting content around that, that's when it's really powerful. And that's the work that I do with my clients, getting that clarity around the brand. And then from there, it's a how do we create and structure the message that we can then post on a regular basis and be consistent with it so that people can catch on. And that's what I did. I started out with... I knew I wanted to help people with LinkedIn, but I didn't just want to help people. I wanted to help women in particular because women, we tend to struggle more with showing up. We tend to struggle more with being visible, with saying, hey, here I am. I'm, look at me because we have all these subconscious things going on about it's showing off and you're supposed to be seen and you would not be heard, all of that stuff. Good little girls keep quiet at the back. You know, <laughs> let my work speak for myself. All of these things that we've yeah. been told, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. You know, <laughs> so that keeps us from being visible. And what happens when you're not visible is that all that skill, all that talent, all that experience, all that knowledge that you have it's all shut up inside of you no one else can benefit from that and your business can't benefit from that your career can't benefit from that so I kind of come along and I and I bring the key with me like let's unlock this door and let you out Mm. so the whole world can benefit from what you have on the inside Mm. you know and that's that's really the process of being visible it starts with having that clarity on what your brand is so for mine it was I want to work with women. I want to support women on this journey because for most men, it's easier for them. Even to this day, my husband's like, what's all this visibility stuff on LinkedIn? It's just like, just post. How big a deal is that? <laughs> you know? I'm like, it's a massive deal. <laughs> so so that's the thing. So that's, the, that's what I started doing. And I started writing content around this. I started talking about being visible. It wasn't just about LinkedIn. It's that whole message of be visible. And that was the message. And then in September 2020, I wrote my book on called Start Be Invisible awesome. um, about how to build your brand on LinkedIn. And I put that out there. 
And, you know, I started doing, I did things like videos and LinkedIn lives, going lives where I would interact with the audience. In the whole process of doing this, my audience just started to grow and LinkedIn themselves took notice and they were like giving me all kinds of stuff like, oh, you know, big, and then I got the LinkedIn top voice recognition um, later mm-hmm. on as well. But it's just that whole stuff, standing in the authenticity of this is the message that I have. This is the message that's important to me that I want to bring to the world. And I'm going to show up every single day and talk about it in all its different ways and shades. And almost four years on, I still haven't run out of things to say about being invisible on LinkedIn. <laughs> I, I love it. I love that you called out being a LinkedIn top voice because that's a significant mm-hmm. achievement. I do want to ask you, though, before we ask you the, the next question is, as is the case, and it's again, I, I understand that LinkedIn is not a social media platform, but there will be people out there who are thinking, oh, it's probably saturated. It's probably really noisy. Everyone's like posting. How can I stand out? Is that something that you hear that LinkedIn is getting more and more crowded, that people are moving to the platform and so it's harder to stand out? And is that even a valid excuse? We'd love to get your thoughts about that. Yes, again, these are the things we women tell ourselves. <laughs> you know, <laughs> honestly, I have heard that many, many times from various women over the years. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you this. Let's put let's put some numbers on it, right? So LinkedIn at the time of recording that, that we're doing today is probably has about, I think that I can't remember the exact up-to-date stats, but it's about 860 million registered users. Wow. Right. Which sounds like a lot. Mm-hmm. But Facebook and Instagram are in the billions. Mm-hmm. So first of all, there's more people on those platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's already saturated. Those yes. places are already saturated. Yes. Now, Facebook, if you're a business owner, is pretty much a pay-to-play platform. If yes. you're not paying, you ain't playing. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's what they're doing yes. over there. Yes. So LinkedIn still has a lot of organic reach because of that 860 million people who are on LinkedIn, about 40% of those people all they do is did was register their account. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's been gathering dust. But they registered on there, but they still count, right? Mm-hmm. Another 40%, they turn up and they show up and maybe they, they, they're what are called lurkers, right? So they, and this might be you listening to this. You might be one of these people. So you, <laughs> you post, you are on LinkedIn. You've never mm. posted. You don't comment on anybody's stuff, but you do occasionally look, mm. you know, and maybe once in a while you might like something, use the mm. react button to like something, but that's it. That's all you do. So if you add those two numbers together, that's about 80%. Mm. of that LinkedIn people who are doing nothing, mm. which means that there's about only about 20% of creators on the platform who are actually creating content and being visible. Mm. And guess what happens to those 20%? They get all the opportunities. Yeah, I love you it. Know? I yes. love it. That's so important to note. Mm. I love it. That, thank you for calling that out. The other mm. question I had for you, of course, now I have you. <laughs> and I know these are or these are questions that the audience will have as well. For people out there and more and more, as you know, with um, after post-COVID, with all the layoffs in in big tech, a lot of people have side businesses. And I have spoken to a lot of especially female creators who have side businesses but have careers. And they're like, oh, don't really want to post on LinkedIn because, you know, I don't want the people that I work for to see all my business, as it were, right? (laughs) I don't know if you've heard this sort of question. How do people who have a business but also have a career straddle both 
on that platform? I don't know if that's a mm. question you've heard before. Uh, th- there's almost no questions about LinkedIn that I have before. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I have definitely heard that one. Uh-huh. And, and not only have I heard that one, mm. that was me. Yes. This was my situation. As mm. I said, I side hustled my entire career. Mm. My first business was at the age of 11. You know, Love at it. 19, I had another business. And then I went into journalism as a career and mm. media and all that. So while I had my day job, I also had a side hustle throughout the 15 years or so of my career. Mm. But what I did was I built a personal brand around who I am, not oh. around my job and not around my business. Love it. You know, and this Mm -hmm. is very, very critical to note that when Mm. you build a personal brand around you, it's it's bigger than your job or your business. And and by the way, this is why I I really always say to employees, like, don't make your LinkedIn profile just about your job. You know, the headline is your job title. The all the about section is your job. You are more than your job. Yeah. You know. Your personal brand belongs to you. Mm. Your job title belongs to your employer. When you leave, you lose that job title. Mm. But your personal brand, no one can take that from you if you invest the time and energy and resources of to build it right now. Mm. So when I do get um, women who say to me, yes, I have this brand on the side and, and I have a business and I don't want my workplace to know, I always, my advice and what I coach clients to do is to integrate the two, mm-hmm. you know, is to bring it into the one person. You are one person. This mm-hmm. just happens to have different elements of what who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you bring it together in that way, your side business now becomes your unique selling point. Mm-hmm. that nobody else has mm-hmm. you know so you're not just an ordinary employee you're now somebody who's doing something else beyond that and I use this myself I use my personal brand and one of the roles that I had in communication some years back um, at the time I was working communications I had this business where I was um, helping people with their careers and CVs and it's like I was doing comms in the job I was doing careers so I was talking a lot on LinkedIn about CVs and employment what I used that to do was leverage that to actually change my job description and my role in that organization over a period of time. Mm-hmm. So I went in as a communications manager and I came out as an employment program manager because I integrated what I was doing outside of work into my day job and I was able to merge the two. And yeah. this is the power of building your personal brand. Yeah. So it can work in your favor if you let it. So powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Can you share maybe one or two inspiring success stories of some of the women that you've worked with who have leveraged LinkedIn to advance using their personal brand, as you've talked about, to advance their lives, whether it be their careers or their business? We'd love to hear one or two examples. Yes, absolutely. I think one of the, one of my favorite client success stories is a lady called Dion, who I love her, absolutely love her stuff on LinkedIn now. When she first reached out to me on LinkedIn, she was literally a cartoon character. And and I say that as her profile picture was a cartoon character, cartoon version. 
of herself. So she started to send me DMs and messages on LinkedIn, like, I love this post, I'm interested in what you do. And I was like, is this a real person or is this a spammer? Is this like, <laughs> you know, is this one of these, is this an, a bot or a something? Bot. <laughs> a bot. <laughs> I honestly wasn't sure whether mm. she was a real person. But then one day she's like, Mildred, I'm ready to start being visible. Can we have a call? And I was like, okay, let me take the let me take a risk and see if she's actually a real person. And we got on the call, and she was a real woman. She not only that, she was awesome and had all of this personality. And the first question I said to her, I said, "Why have you been hiding behind this cartoon character?" Mm. She said, "That's how much I don't want to be seen." Wow, you know, to the point that I don't even use my real photo because I've had this thing about being visible and just kind of hiding for so long, but I'm ready to break out of that. And I think you're the person to help me. So long story short, after working with her and coaching with her over a period of time, she went from this cartoon person to like becoming a real life, authentic character on LinkedIn, building her own brand. She has a day job and a business on the side, which is integrated. Mm-hmm. You know, now she's there posting. Every time I see her post, we work together. It's been like over a year since we worked together. But every time I see her on LinkedIn, she posts regularly. I remember that cartoon character. I'm like, this is why I do the work that I do. Because, yeah, it's just amazing. There's so many women who have all this great potential inside of them who are trapped behind this invisibility. So I'm really kind of owning that brand and bringing that to the forefront. It's transformed her life. It's transformed her work life. It's transformed her business. And the boost and confidence that you get from this whole thing of this is who I am. I'm showing up in the world. And I'm making a difference. People are loving it. It's priceless. It really is. That's awesome. And you know, it's funny you talked about being invisible, which again, we women may not get go to the extent of having a cartoon character (laughs) as a profile picture, but they they do struggle with self-doubt. They do Mm -hmm. struggle with imposter syndrome. What is something that you would say to someone who was to talk to you and say, Mildred, I'm hesitant about sharing my expertise because, A, I don't feel like I'm good enough, whatever, insert the blank, Mm -hmm. right? Or I don't think I deserve this role or whatever. What would you say to someone like that? Yeah, so so these kind of issues, are are, they're the kind of stuff I post about on Mm -hmm. LinkedIn. You know, because I hear these conversations, I have these conversations with women. I'm like, if one woman is thinking this, there's probably another thousand, (laughs) you know? So I post about it and, you know, and I do videos and make stuff on it. So one of the things I posted about quite recently is this whole idea of, again, in a conversation with a woman, she's like, I don't post because I don't feel like I have anything important to say. Mm. I'm like, oh my God. And this is after like a half an hour conversation with her. She had so many great things. I'm like, can you hear yourself? The thing here is, Every single one of us has an audience. Mm. Your audience is not everybody. And this is the mistake that we make sometimes. We think we have to show up and everyone's going to like a post and I'm going to get a hundred thousand comments or like, no, you don't need everyone to like you. You don't need everyone to hear your voice. You just need your people and you have a people. Every single one of us has a people. We have a group of people who we're called to, who as we start being visible, start using our voice, putting it out there, they are going to resonate and they will find what you have to say important. They will find it interesting Mm -hmm. and they will, their lives will be transformed just because you made the decision to start being visible. 
I love this. This is awesome. I love it. So as we continue to talk about LinkedIn, it's continuously evolving. And I love that you quoted those stats earlier on, because I think that's important for people to know. And it answers the saturated question, but it's still continuously evolving. So -hmm. what are some of the things that women should be aware of, some of the latest trends and features as they start to leverage the platform, just so that they can maximize their visibility and obviously their impact as well? Yeah, so LinkedIn is definitely evolving, as you said, the continuously. LinkedIn is like, it's almost like a toddler compared to the other platforms, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's still catching up. There's a lot of things that it's still playing catch up on, which which is a good thing in that if you start today, and today is whenever day you hear this podcast that we're talking about, that's your today, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you start today to start being visible on LinkedIn, you are still at an advantage because the platform is still growing and developing. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that LinkedIn introduced over the last year or so is this whole idea of creators even. So now they call the people who post content on LinkedIn creators. Um, I have a creator manager who's someone who works on LinkedIn themselves and their job is to is to support creators like me, top creators like me on the platform, basically. But even just using that terminology and that's how they've changed like different features to like create a mode. So if you have old school LinkedIn and you have an activated creator mode feature, it means that you won't have access to certain things on your profile, you know, to maybe newsletters, LinkedIn Lives. There's a there's a few other things. That's because LinkedIn is actively trying to encourage more people to be creators on the platform, particularly women, because it is more heavily male dominated than it is women. There's less, there are less women's voices on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And that's a fact. So as a woman, when you start being visible on there, the opportunities for you to grow and to be heard is so much more, you know, if you take advantage of it. So that whole thing of that's one of the features that they're doing all the time, trying to see how they can encourage more female creators and more creators in general on the platform. So they are very welcoming of new voices mm. and another thing that has been on the rise again over the past years a um, few years on LinkedIn is this whole idea of personal personal stories now, people used to think that oh I have to have a professional voice on LinkedIn and only talk about professional stuff no now, people are sharing more personal stuff because this is the thing that LinkedIn has in common with all the other platforms it's the fact that there are people yeah. <laughs> on those platforms yeah. all of these platforms have people and people have lives outside of work so we we're talking more about the personal stuff on LinkedIn so I, I actively tell my clients like if they're on a three days a week posting schedule which I get them on to start with I'll say to them two out of those days you do a professional content mm-hmm. the third day you do personal content mm-hmm. so that people can get to know you beyond just the professional context. So these are all things that if you start implementing and you bear this in mind, it will absolutely make your journey to building your brand on LinkedIn that much easier, more enjoyable as well, and more sustainable. I love it. So as we're talking about LinkedIn, tell us more about the Visible Women Tribe and how it supports women, both in business and leadership. Uh, Visible Women Tribe is my baby that <laughs> that gave birth to itself <laughs> you know? mm. so, yeah so in the process of um 
building my brand on LinkedIn in that first year when I was just came out and started sharing content about LinkedIn women started to gather around my post you know because it was resonating with them and they could see themselves in what I was saying and it was helping to change their work lives so and then after a while a, a group of them started meeting and they they messaged me and they said oh Mildred we've started meeting offline on zoom and we're calling it Mildred's visibility group I hope you don't mind I love it that's awesome yeah I know right I was like oh my god okay can I come to the meeting (laughs) you know so I did join in a few of the monthly meetups that they were having because there was this real hunger for community they wanted to have more of the same sort. There were all kinds of women who were being attracted to each other through this message and they wanted to have more and they started to set up this group. So after a while of them doing this group, I said, okay, let's formalize this and let's actually turn it into a community that other people can be aware of and join in. And that's how Visible Women Tribe was born. Wow. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, that was, um, I created it as a membership community mm-hmm. um, for women who want to raise their own visibilities in their work lives. So we've done, we did a number of training sessions, meetings, all of that um, events for a little while, but it's on pause at the moment because we're relaunching it in 2024, bigger and better. But Mm. when it does, our mission and our mandate is to raise the visibility of women in every industry. So I'm hoping that everyone listening to this will get on board and join us on that mission and become a visible woman yourself. Absolutely. And I will make all this information available in the show notes so people know how to reach you, how to follow you and all the rest of it, because this is fantastic stuff. Talking about relaunching, well, in this case, it's launching. You're starting a podcast soon, right? Talk to us about that. Super (laughs) exciting. Let us know about that. Yes, yes, yes. I am starting a podcast in October 2023. It's called Start Being Visible, you know, and it's a mandate. It is the thing. I'm going to take that message of being um, the, the start, the process of being visible beyond just the LinkedIn platform to reach um, other audiences via the podcast so it will be an amazing amazing podcast where I will be doing solar episodes where I share insights on how to raise your visibility tips strategies and all of that but I'll also be having amazing conversations with women across all industries who have what I well how I like to call it have chosen to step out of the shadows and into the limelight to Love be it. visible in their own work lives so that's that's what season one launches in October and um, it's going to be very exciting. Everywhere you can get podcasts, you can subscribe. Amazing. As we start to draw this fantastic conversation to a close, I do want to ask one question about storytelling. We've talked about personal branding, about being visible. We all know that that involves storytelling. So Talk to us about how women can craft compelling narratives about their professional journeys or even their personal lives on LinkedIn. Sure. It's it's, it's very funny because I, I don't actually consider myself a, a storyteller. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, my husband is into public speaking and all of that. Storytelling is one of the things he teaches. He's always telling me how I can be a better storyteller. So I'm like, whatever, you know. <laughs> but, but it is this whole thing of... I, I I see storytelling this way, just sharing openly, authentically, just 
who you are, how you are. I believe that your voice is going to resonate with somebody, Mm -hmm. but it has to be your voice and your story in your way. So when I I show up to places, there are people who are going to hear me and say, oh, I don't like Mildred. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But there are people who are going to hear me and say, oh, I love Mildred. And that's okay. (laughs) You know, because your story is unique to who you are. But as you start to share it, And the way you can get comfortable doing this, you do this one post at a time. So you're sharing a little bit of your expertise and maybe you're sharing a personal story. And then also even having opportunities like, and like this one, Ugo, where you've invited me on your podcast to share my story is a great way to kind of constantly share my story, refine it and all of that as as I go through the process of building my brand even more. So I just say, always say yes to opportunities to share your story um, because saying yes can open doors that you you can never imagine. You don't know who's listening at any given time and who's going to read your content on LinkedIn. So just take that first step, put it out there and just start being visible. I love it. You never know who's listening. You never know who's watching. Is there anything that you'd love to share with the audience as we wrap up that I haven't given you an opportunity to share? Oh, wow. God, I can be here all day talking about about this, you know. So I think the thing I want to leave with because of the nature of your podcast being a fierce mother's podcast and and what you said about the whole balance of women, I I really want to leave this with this because this is at the heart of the coaching that I do with my clients as well. It's not just LinkedIn. I do business coaching and all of that along with it. And I believe it's really important that as women that we create a work life that works for us. It's really important that you take the responsibility of putting boundaries in place in your work life so that you can be a better mom or a better wife or a better business owner or a better whatever it is. Without those boundaries, we cannot be at our best. So when I preach the message of building your brand and all of that is never at the sake of burnout or exhaust exhausting yourself or exertion or anything like that it's always about building healthy boundaries around what you do so that you can show up in life fully as yourself so yeah that's that's the really important message I want to make sure that we get across on this podcast as well yeah no thank you for circling back on that I appreciate it that's such a wonderful way to end this Mildred this has been an amazing discussion I'm going to listen to this again because I got a lot of tips out of it and it's also a challenge for me too so thank you so much for being on the podcast it was amazing having you thank you Thank you so much for having me and for the amazing conversation. Of course. Thank you for listening to this episode. What was your main takeaway from this episode? What did you like? What, in your opinion, are some ways that we could improve? I want to hear from you. You can reach me at ugochi at fiercemothers.com. To learn more about Fierce Mothers, please visit our website at fiercemothers.com and join our mailing list for our weekly newsletter. The newsletter provides powerful tips and inspiration for life. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Fierce Mothers. Follow me on LinkedIn at Ugochi Onyewu. We are building an engaged community of Fierce Mothers, so please tell your friends about the show. See you next week. Thank you.